Hello, everyone. Welcome to Book Broads, your new favorite book club podcast. Hi, Bailey. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm very excited to shell out some book recommendations for 2020. So excited. Yeah. So we decided that with the year coming to a close, even though we're not done with our reading challenges yet, uh, we're not done reading. Although you just hit what, 60 books? I was I was literally lying. I hit 50, <laughs> not 60. I looked at my Goodreads the other day and I was like, whoa, what have I been saying? Like, I have I not- like she doubled me, like no. 60 books. I'm surprised you haven't seen my Goodreads and were like, Bailey, why are you lying about this? And I'm just no, like, <laughs> you wouldn't lie on purpose. <laughs> but yeah, That's it's hilarious. It's 51 that I'm at. And I'm I hope I can I'm finishing the bride test right now. And I hopefully I want to read Misery before the end of December. So hopefully I will get to 53. If not, it'll just be 52. That's amazing. I think I might end up hitting 35, which, you know, I feel like that's a good number. Um, You've been reading fast. Like I, you've been like knocking it out. I saw in Goodreads. I just have nothing to do. Like what else is there to do? Right. It's 2020. Uh, I think, what do you think, just to preface everything, what do you think your challenge for 2021 is going to be? Probably 65. I know oh. I I originally set my goal to, I think it was 45 books or 30, wow. but then like I surpassed it and then I set it to 50, I think. Wow. Or 40. I'm not sure. Around 65. that. 65. I think you can yeah. do it. I think you can hit 65. Because there was like a gap at the beginning of the year when Corona happened and the pandemic happened and I like didn't read for like a month. So I'm like trying to figure like when I did like pauses and I just didn't read and like if I am consistent, I could just keep reading. Totally. So that's what I'm aiming for 60 or, or 65. Oh, that's amazing. How about you? My original goal was 20, which is so funny looking back. Like, I really didn't think I could hit 20 books, but I'm literally almost double that. Yeah. Um, It's just because I, I, like we've said, I really didn't read a lot last year. So I was like, okay, 20 books this year. Like, let's see if I can do it. And um, while I did spend a majority of quarantine binging all nine seasons of One Tree Hill in three weeks, (laughs) um, I also started to pick up with some more reading over the summer and then especially this fall. I think in November I read like nine books, which is I think the most I've ever read in my entire life, at least recreationally in one month. Yeah. that was crazy. Uh, so I think next year I'm gonna go for fifty. I think um, you can do it. I'm like, I'm like I'm like ready. Drum roll, fifty. <laughs> like I'm I can probably do it, but we'll just have to see how the year goes um, with things opening back up. Yeah, we'll see. But I want to keep I want to keep reading. So, same. Yeah. Without further ado, we're going to get into our top five favorite books of 2020. Each of us are going to share five books. We're going to start with our fifth favorite and on our first favorite. And at least for me, these aren't books that necessarily came out in 2020, um, but they are books I read in 2020, and that is how I'm classifying it. (laughs) Same here. Yeah, I definitely – I think maybe a couple came out this year, but I know – in a couple of them that I also have are in years past. So definitely in the same boat. Okay, Bailey, do you want to start us off? What's your fifth favorite book you read this year? Yes. My number five is Educated by Tara Westover, which is so good. You read it. Yeah. Right. 
Pirates. I loved it. Well, I I am a whore from memoirs. (laughs) So (laughs) honestly, and what drew me to this book was because when I read the description, I was reminded of The Glass Castle, which you know I love. Mm -hmm. And it really was very similar to that in the same, you know, area and what Tara went through growing up. And she didn't, she was raised pretty much like um, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, her family didn't believe in, you know, the government and thought that they were out to get them. Didn't have a birth certificate, I believed. Wasn't didn't go to school. Was pretty. They were pretty much like off the grid. And the book yeah, is they based- were like fundamentalist Mormons, basically, yes. like the most Mormon you can get. Yeah, like out in Idaho, like. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And so it's the book is basically about her journey to getting an education and getting to where she is today. And she, I think she ended up at Harvard. She went to BYU first for undergrad, and then she ended up at Harvard, I believe. And I think she was, she spent some time abroad at Oxford, I think. I think so. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing. And I, it just made me really appreciate, you know, higher education and how lucky I am to have had, uh, have, to, have gone to college and all that stuff. And I just, I really loved it. And like I said, I love memoirs and I just knew this was right up my alley. So anyone who finds that kind of stuff interesting and likes memoirs, this would be for you. Yes. And even if you don't find it interesting, you will after yeah. you read this book. I'm the same way. I love memoirs and I specifically have always been really fascinated with the Mormon church. Yeah. So that was um, really interesting. So my fifth favorite read is actually a book that came out in 2020. I ended up getting an advanced reader's copy from my library. For some reason, my library just randomly gives out free books and I just walked by one day and it was there and I saw that it was super highly anticipated and I was like, oh, Am I am I special? Am I reading this before everyone else? And I don't even have to write a review about it. Like it was so fun. So I grabbed a copy and I just devoured it. It was so good. The book is called Anxious People by Frederick oh, Bachman. I had that for free. Oh my god. I mean, obviously it's a library, but like for you to take. Yes, I was super shocked. Yeah, he's written a ton of other super popular books. So I guess this book was highly anticipated. So I was super excited to pick it up. It's about this bank robber who ends up taking a bunch of people at an apartment viewing hostage after he robs a bank and crosses the street. Um, It's absolutely not what you think it would be. I think a lot of people anticipate that it's going to be a thriller. It was nothing of the sort. It was a super heartfelt story. I can't even describe to you like the specifics of it because it's sort of a spoiler, but So you get to know the lives of every stranger who is being taken hostage in this apartment, how they got there, how they all intertwine and connect with each other. Um, A lot of it focuses on the story of the father-son duo who are the detectives who are sort of of investigating the whole uh, hostage situation even after the fact. It's so great. I don't want to give anything else away because it's just – it's so not what you would expect, the whole plot and everything that Mm -hmm. unravels. But because of that, it was such a great read. Seriously, one of my favorites. I would recommend this book to absolutely anyone. You know how there's some books where you're like, eh, maybe I wouldn't recommend that to that person. Like, no, I think everyone should read this book. It is so wonderful. And I just loved it. Five stars. It's definitely on my list for to read in 2021. And I am so excited to eventually get to it. So uh, I just can't wait. You must read it. Yes. 
My number four pick out of my five is Beach Read by Emily Henry, which – So good. Uh, I did not think I was going to like it going into it. Like I bought it just because so many people were recommending it. I never really read like a romance before. Um, wow. But like everyone just kept recommending it. I'm just like, okay, I'll give this a shot. And I found myself literally crying and like squealing and just like, I love this book so much. Like no other romance I read this year has beat it in regards to like how much I really loved it. Um, so yeah, I, y- yeah, you read it, correct? Yeah. I can't remember which of us read it first. I think you read it first because I remember texting you and being like, oh my God. Okay, so I just looked it up on Goodreads, and it looks like we literally read it at the exact same time. I think you started first. Like, I'm almost positive. I feel like I started it first. You finished it, like, a day after me. So, Beach Read is about Augustus Everett and January Andrews, and they are both writers. Augustus writes literary fiction, and January writes romance, and they're both kind of stuck in a rut with their writing, and um, their former college classmates and whatnot and so they happen to have beach houses right next to each other january has her house and it was her dad's and we learned that her dad had passed away and so she is there to kind of like pack everything up and clear everything out and she had previously also learned that he was having an affair and so she's already kind of like she doesn't want to do this and so she learns that her formal rival uh, Augustus is next door and it kind of sets up this, you know, plot so that both January and Augustus, they eventually help each other with their other genres of writing and everything kind of blossoms from there. I won't go much further, but I just, I love this book so much. It's one that I would definitely reread for sure. Yeah, me too. Like it's easily rereadable. I love that both of us were like, eh, this seems kind of cheesy, like whatever. And then I read it and I was like, Bailey, you must read this book. And then you read it and you were like, oh my God, I loved that book. I wanted to be a movie so so bad. Like, I would go nuts for it. I loved it. And it's like, I'm really not the type who is really drawn to romances, but this romance, it really tickled Mm. my fancy. Yeah, it did. Tickled mine as well. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. My fourth favorite was I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness by Austin Channing Brown. Um, There were a lot of anti-racist books that were circling popularity this year for a very good reason. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did read quite a few, and I just found that this was my favorite one. I think that the approach of it, because it was – a little bit of a memoir style. Um, it was just a lot of discussion of lived experience and how it relates to race theory in the U.S. Um, it was just Austin Channing Brown sort of talking about her own lived experiences and and how those affected her and how white people's responses to her affected her and and you know all of that combined to say it was my favorite anti-racist book that I did read this year and that's the reason I picked it. Also why it's in my top five is because of how much it stuck with me and how much what she decided to relay and teach has really impacted the way that I've moved through the world moving forward. I think that that is something that's really powerful in any book you read, especially one like this. That's why it was one of my favorites. When people ask for anti-racist recommendations, this is the one I recommend specifically for white people. It was a great book. Uh, She's a great writer. I love her Instagram account so much. Even if you haven't read the book, follow her on Instagram. Um, she's amazing. 
I love her. Yeah, this was – we're going to talk about, like, honorable mentions after this, after we announce our top five. But I'm Still Here, it was one of my favorites of this year that I also read, and it's an honorable mention for me. Like, for all the same reasons you said you loved it. It was one of my favorite anti-racist texts that I read this year because it just kind of goes into, like, the personal experience mm-hmm. of a black woman. And yes. what really got me was at the beginning when she introduces, like, herself and her journey, she talks about how her parents gave her a very – white male assuming name yes and so like if she like applies for jobs or whatnot she doesn't already have the um the racial bias and i just found that so intriguing and it just made me want to continue no matter what like i just i found i loved that and it was very profound and made me like realize certain things number three picks what did you have Mine was The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, which got so much praise and recommendation and traction at the at what was it, the beginning of the summer, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let me read it. And I know at one point, like you couldn't get it at like bookstores. Yes. Like it, it was, was so selling out. It was it so was popular. Cr- it was really crazy. The Vanishing Half is about two twin sisters who are identical and they grow up together in a small Southern Black community and they run away at the age of 16 and they pretty much, they go on um, their own separate paths and lives and you go on their journey and you see what kind of, you know, takes them into like their different directions. And then you eventually go into the lives of their own children. And that's how I'll pretty much like, I'll end it right there without getting too spoilery, but I just, this was a book that I could not put down. Like I remember wanting to finish like the last hundred pages in one night. I just wanted to finish it because I was so gripped by it and it deserves, it lives up to the hype for me. Like I just, I loved it so much. So I've been reading this book since September uh, because it's exactly what you said. It was so popular that I rented a copy from my library and they only allowed me to borrow it for a week and I did not finish it. So ever since then, I've been on the hunt for a copy. Um, But I, I really do need to finish it because what I read of it was fantastic, but I literally could not keep my hands on a copy for long enough because yeah. of how popular it was. It's crazy. So I will get back to it. But yes. And I think Britt Bennett made like a deal with HBO for this to be a miniseries. <gasps> like That's the amazing. highest, like the highest deal that they have made for like a miniseries. I don't know. Whoa. It's in the millions or something, but I'm really looking forward to it. Wow. Okay. I'm so excited to finish yeah. reading it. <laughs> All right. So what is your number three pick? Okay. I just finished this book a couple of days ago and we had already solidified our lists, but I texted Bailey and I said, Bailey, I'm changing my list because I need to add this book. And it was not my number five. It was not my number four. It was my number three. It really climbed its way up there. It's My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. Mm-hmm. I loved this book. I did not love reading it, if that makes sense. And I'll explain why. It's the story of a first 15-year-old girl It goes back and forth between 2000 and 2017. So, you know, the main character, she's 15 in 2000. It goes back to herself in 2017 when she's 32. It's a story of a girl who attends a boarding school, ends up becoming close with her English teacher who is 42 while she's 15. And when I say close, I mean they do engage in an inappropriate relationship, extremely inappropriate Um. It's a story, I mean, trigger warning for sexual assault, sexual abuse, grooming, pedophilia. I mean, it's 
it's disgusting, but it is such a compelling read because of how much trauma theory is combined with lived experience. Um, it's just it's a story about how the trauma that this girl experienced with falling in love with her 42 year old teacher as he was grooming her as he was manipulating her into a relationship with him how she carries that trauma throughout her entire life it's crazy but it's so it's such a necessary and important read it is um it's maybe not something that i would recommend to everyone but if you can stomach things like that it's very dark if you can stomach things like that, I think it's such an important read. I think one of the reasons that we love reading so much is just learning about experiences that are different from our own, mm-hmm. lives that are different from our own. And I learned so much from this story and I took so much away from it. It was beautifully written and I have not stopped thinking about it since. Um, if it's something that you think you can handle, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. And especially after you finished it and you told me how much you loved it, I was like, okay, I need to read this soon within the new year. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. It's so great. Oh. It's just, it's it's brilliant. Yeah. And really fun fact, the author, it's her debut novel. I think she's in her 30s. Uh, no, maybe 40s. But Essentially, she's been writing the book for 20 years. She that's- started writing it when she was 15. And I just think that's nuts. Like, that's that crazy. That it is really crazy. Like 20 years she's been writing this book. Um, and for it to be as brilliant as it was, I just think that's nuts. So I loved it. Wow. All right. So our second book pick, it's actually the same. And it is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid, who is one of my favorite authors now of all time. I I just love the way she writes and the way she writes her characters. I am in love. Like I I would reread this book like all the time. Like I'd ha- I wanted to reread it again this year, but I just didn't get the chance to. I would I I love this book. If I could marry a book, it would be this book. <laughs> Me too. But I, I actually it. forgot to tell you. I when I read it for the first time, I rented it from my library. And yesterday my physical copy came in the mail. I finally oh. got one. So I can like annotate it and bookmark it and all those things. I'm very excited. Yeah. Like I originally had a paperback copy and I read it and I was like, okay, no, I need two copies. I need the hardback. I need this to last. I need this on my shelf. Yes. Like, I oh my God. I love it so much. Um, we should talk about it, I guess, <laughs> instead of just letting people know like what it's about. How obsessed uh, <laughs> we are with it. Maybe we should tell you what it's about. So The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo starts out, we meet this young writer in present day named Monique, and she is a journalist, and she isn't kind of getting the story she wants, and she's not really feeling fulfilled with being working at the magazine that she's at until she is presented with the opportunity from Evelyn Hugo herself to basically interview her and tell her life story. And she is requesting Monique for a certain reason, which you learn at towards the end of the book. Um, and so once Monique starts interviewing her, the book goes um, from, I think it starts in 1950 or 19, early 1960s, um, for when Evelyn Hugo was a young woman, teenager, to- um, Young Hollywood star, we yeah, should mention. young that. Hollywood star. It's, uh, it's all about old Hollywood, and it's just her journey from young woman to much later throughout her life. And we won't go into detail because- it is incredible. Basically, you find out why she had seven husbands. Yeah, she talks about her seven husbands. husbands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it is phenomenal. 
I loved it so much as I've previously talked about. And I know you loved it too, Alex. And it's so difficult to specifically talk about why we love this book so much without spoiling it. So really, we have to leave it at that because the whole twist of it all is the reason why I loved it. Well, there's multiple twists, but, um, you know, yeah, there's go- one big glaring part about this book that we can't talk about because you need to read it to know. Yes. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And like I went into it blind as well because I really didn't know that much about it. Other than that, it was about a young actress in old Hollywood and that she had seven husbands. Like I really did not know much more. And that's how you should go into it. Definitely. Totally. We absolutely loved this book. Five stars. Totally one of my favorites of all time. I would recommend this to absolutely anyone. Ugh, I'm getting like warm and fuzzy just thinking about it. Right? Like, oh my God, I just, mm, I want to read it again. And I plan to, absolutely. We should do like a buddy read. Should we do an episode on it? We should. And we've been begging our our really good friend to read it. And so we yes. should like tell her, read it and be on this episode with us to talk about it. Because like, it'll be interesting to have that other, um, a fresh set other of people's eyes. perspectives. Yeah, because yeah, it, it'll be a reread for us. But like, for somebody who has never read it, it'll be fun. Yes, Sam, if you're listening to this, come join us. Yeah, we're talking about you, Samantha Felix. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Allie too. Allie also loved this book and she wanted to talk about it on the podcast. So Allie, Ooh, this yeah. is your formal invite to be a part of our podcast. Absolutely. Let me know. All right, here we go. Number one picks of 2020. Bailey, what was yours? So my number one pick was Know My Name by Chanel Miller, and it is a memoir, and it's basically her recount and time between trials of her sexual assault case when she was sexually assaulted by Brock Turner. So there definitely is a trigger warning for sexual assault if anyone is interested in possibly reading this. But um, it is such a beautiful yet gripping and just also just emotionally draining novel um, Mm -hmm. memoir. I loved it so much. I cried a lot. Like there was a point at the end where I literally I finished it and I was just like hugging the book because I wanted Mm -hmm. to hug Chanel. I have never probably it's right there with uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama for me in terms of how well written it was it was and how well told it was like I just Chanel she needs to write more like also just like fiction or whatever she wants to do because she is an amazing author. Um, I this should be required reading in schools. I just, I absolutely loved it and I cannot praise it enough. And I think my mom's even reading it now and she loved it and she is loving it. Um, so yeah. And I know, I think I told you to read it too. Yes. I, I need to read it. It's definitely on my list. I vividly remember um, during the Brock Turner trials, the woman's name was completely anonymous. Yeah. And I remember the day that she finally came forward years later um, and just said, hey, that was me. And then she wrote her book and I was like, I must read that. And I've gone too long without reading it. So I definitely need to read it. Yeah. Because I think she uh, she like introduced herself. I No, she did her little um, her victim impact statement and then it was down the line she um, introduced herself to the world and said that she was putting out a memoir, but, yes. um, her victim impact statement is at the end of the book. And I, after I cried, I cried again and I, after rereading wow. it and, um, it's just, it's incredible. It's an incredible memoir. So cannot, I recommend it to anybody and everybody. I cannot, 
uh, talk about it highly enough. I will definitely read it as soon as possible. Yes. All right. And what was your number one? Okay. Don't make fun of me. Um, <laughs> my number one is also a memoir. It is The Rural Diaries by Hilary Burton. Yes, she played Peyton on One Tree Hill. No, that is not important to the situation <laughs> that we are discussing because, you know, here's my thing with celebrity memoirs. I read a lot of them. So do and I. And you can always tell when it's written by a ghostwriter. And I really don't like that. I know that that's controversial. I'm sorry. I just don't like ghost written books. If I'm going to read a book, I want it to be written by the author that is on the front cover. Hillary wrote every single word herself I believe every it. single word every single sentence every single chapter was just written with so much love and intention and I have fallen so head over heels in love with this book I've already read it twice this year and it came out in May read it twice this year I want to read it a third time before the year's <laughs> over like I just it is something about it so deeply resonated with me essentially she tells the story of how her career began. She talks a little bit about her childhood, but mostly it's about this town that she moved to after she finished One Tree Hill and met her now husband, Jeffrey Dean Morgan from The Walking Dead. They ended up moving to a town in upstate New York called Rhinebeck. They end up buying a candy store. They build a community. They buy a farm. They live on a farm with all these animals. And she just talks about her life moving from this Hollywood glamour, um, lifestyle which is you know it's not like she spent a lot of time in LA I mean she filmed One Tree Hill in North Carolina but she talks about settling for sort of the simple life and how how fulfilling that has been for her and I don't know what it is about this book but because I you know I don't live on a farm like I don't know I that's not a part that I relate to but the rest of it is just so relatable and so heartwarming I love this book it is one of my all-time favorites. It's not the most profound thing anyone has ever read, but it's so comforting for me. I can't even begin to explain it. So if you are a fan of One Tree Hill or if you're thinking of, you know, adapting to a simpler life, especially among, you know, the situation with quarantine, we're all sort of realizing what we find is most important in our lives. She can help you find that. I really believe that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I recommend this to anyone. If you need a nice, light, inspirational read. Yeah, this is definitely on my list for 2021 as well. I'm surprised that like you haven't told me you're not you haven't said to me, Bailey, why have you read this yet? I'm gonna hit her upside the head. Like I just <laughs> it's you need to read it. You absolutely need to. It's just it's so great. I'm definitely going to, because I do love Hillary Burton. Um She is an amazing woman. She's great. What you were saying was so valid about maybe like a book that you someone really loves is not profound like it's still a favorite and mm -hmm. like you know what i'm saying like it doesn't have to be catcher in the rye but it meant yeah. something to me you know what it I doesn't mean? have to be like of the highest literary standard for it to be like a favorite and i feel like some people like kind of criticize other people for what they read and stuff like that and i'm just like as long as you're enjoying it because I think on the outside that this book sort of seems like, oh, it's another celebrity memoir, blah, blah, blah. Like this woman is an author. I can't – she is an author in every single like sense of the word. And even if she wasn't, even if it was a stupid, silly little ghost written memoir, like <laughs> I still liked it. And I don't care what you like and I don't care what you read. Um, you're valid. <laughs> exactly. You are valid. 
So now that we finished talking about our top five, there were quite a few other favorites that we it, it just didn't make the cut and we didn't and we wanted to include some others. Yeah, so, briefly mention them. Yeah, so super brief mentions to we we each picked three books to mention. So my other honorable mentions, number one is Queenie by Candace Cardi Williams, which I just read mm-hmm. earlier this uh earlier this month, and it was excellent. That's been uh, highly recommended to me too. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, number two is The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. And then third is I'm Still Here, which we talked about by um, Austin Channing Brown. So yeah, those are my honorable mentions and I love them pretty much just as much, but I had to pick a top five. Yes. Love that for you. So my top three are Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins. If you're into thrillers, highly recommend. Verity by Colleen Hoover, also a thriller. It seems to be I read a lot of thrillers. Um, They're fun. They're exciting. Yeah. Verity is definitely one that I have not stopped thinking about, and I read it like six months ago. So even if I rated it four stars, I still think you should read it. And then another one that I haven't stopped thinking about for some reason, Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner. Um, That's definitely like way more of a summary book, so I would save that for summer 2021. But it was much better than I ever anticipated. So that's my third one. Those are my honorable mentions. Yes. So we hope you enjoyed each of our top five picks of 2020. You have tons of new reading recommendations. So take advantage of them. Read more books in 2021. We know we will. Yes. Our next book club pick, as we've mentioned, is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. That episode will be out two weeks from now. We're taking a little holiday break. So make sure you've read that one by January 13th if you want to join us for that episode. So definitely join us for our first book club pick for 2021. Thank you so much for listening. As always, follow us on Instagram at Book Broads Podcast and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And again, thanks so much for listening and happy holidays. Bye, everybody. See you next year. Bye. Bye.